Welcome back to the Lou Perez podcast. My name is Lou Perez. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to theluperez.locals.com and join the Lou Perez community. If you join, you'll get to listen to the podcast early. You'll get to watch my sketch comedy early, as well as experience other exclusive content. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you're looking for another way to support me, you can do so by supporting my sponsors. So if you're into cold brew, I highly recommend Black Organic Cold Brew. Head over to www.blvckbrew.com and use promo code LOU, that's L-O-U, and you'll get free shipping. And if you're into CBD products, please check out Paloma Verde, www.palomaverdestore.com. And if you use the code LOU, you'll get 25% off purchases over $75. And if you sign up for email, you'll get an extra 10% off as well. All right, here we go. Has your disability given you cover? Because it seems like, like, I follow you and it seems like I would think some people would be a little, you know, hesitant to come after you, but a lot of people don't seem to give a fuck. Oh no. You might know him as Crip Daddy. Uh, his name is Donovan. Donovan, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me, man. Thank you for having me, buddy. I'm happy to be here. Where are you coming from right now? Are you in upstate New York? Is that Oh no! I I would probably blow my brains out. Um, Why did I think I'm that in the Midwest? <laughs> I'm on the Chicago land, boy. Oh okay. Yeah, we have a, a yeah. mutual friend in uh, Matt uh, Tabor. So I think, and Matt is sort of uh, yeah, I think upstate yeah. New York. So I was thinking, like, oh, you must be upstate New York. I don't know why I just made that uh that that association. It's a very common misconception. Everybody does say that Chicago is the shithole that is new york of the midwest <laughs> are you in the so you're not in uh yeah. you're not uh chicago proper and you're in the uh the suburbs no yeah. no i'm kind of more a little north of chicago north towards the uh wisconsin border oh, okay it's easier to just tell people to be like i'm chicago yeah yeah i've had good times when i yeah. went to chicago there's there's such a stupid rivalry when it comes to pizza you know, like the deep dish versus the, yeah. Well, who wins it though, in your opinion? I mean, pizza is pizza at the end of the day. And I think if you like pizza, uh, you like all of it. And if you are a pizza elitist, you're just kind of gay. I, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just pizza, eat the shit and shut up. <laughs> oh, one of the one of the dumbest things that I that I took part in um, when BuzzFeed is BuzzFeed still around? I don't even know if it's still around, but they were making videos I, and, and and just producing like a a ton of videos. Uh, and one of the videos they were, they were doing was a like a rivalry taste test thing, and, and it was a battle between New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles over hot dogs. So they brought in like three or four people to sample the hot dogs and then, you know, go at it on who, which one had the best one. And uh, right. the Chicago hot dog was, was the best one by far because you had all this amazing stuff on it. And right. it just made me think of just how, just how shitty and lazy the New York fucking hot dog vendor cart guys are with their, you know, it's just dirty, dirty yeah. dogs and dirty water. Anyway. Yeah, because isn't it like a? I, I wouldn't know. I'm speaking out of my ass, but isn't it like kind of a thing with the vendors over there where you don't know what they're fucking serving? Like a lot of the time, it's just a bunch of people fronting for like drugs or some shit. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know if it goes. If it goes that deep i don't know if there's like a right, you know yeah. a, a law and order episode about you know some guy slinging yeah. uh slinging crack rocks um but something my my dad got me hip to i was thinking uh, you know i was talking about oh man i could really go for you know one of those hot dogs and then he just said where do they go to the bathroom and i and i got and my eyes lit up and i'm like oh shit if you look around they're they're like on the edge of the park there's no bathroom, yeah. you know, so where are these guys going Not to the bathroom? Where are they, where are they washing their hands? All that. So. All See, right. and that's, a, that's another good point. Never thought about that. And that's going to haunt me for the rest of my days. And I think I realized what made me think that 
was because very recently uh, I have this nightly routine ever since the uh, the lockdowns and stuff where mm-hmm. I get in bed and I just get really baked until I just black out because there's no I had nothing else to do. I have no time to wake up. So, uh, and while I'm smoking, I'm watching any recommended video that pops up in my YouTube feed. Mm-hmm. And one of the videos was of this like uh, drug bust over in like I think it's London or some shit where these pretend food vendors were selling drugs and like they had food with them like to make it look real, but it was all like over expired and they mm-hmm. were still cooking and like serving it to people. Wow, <laughs> and that was funny and it very scary. Yeah, when I I visited San Francisco once, and uh, after a night of drinking with um, my then uh, girlfriend, uh, out on the street, they're cooking uh, they're cooking hot dogs, and they have it wrapped in bacon, and it's absolutely right. delicious. But it is one of those things yeah. where wait a minute, you know where, you know where is this shit coming from? You know what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. When you uh, yeah. So, yeah. so so you were talking about getting uh, getting baked, um, how how does your body respond yeah. to to marijuana? Like uh, your lungs and you know, can you? Is it is it? Uh, it must be good, right? It must be working for yeah, you. Yeah, I probably should avoid smoking as much as I do, but I mean, we all should be avoiding a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Like I, we shouldn't be eating Taco Bell three times a day but here i am you're, and it, <laughs> you're doing that too that's a so, part of your diet <laughs> i mean fuck it what, what's the worst that's gonna happen right i mean it's already god already sent me out half-baked so there's nothing else that could make it worse in my opinion like okay cancer happens oh well you know it happens but uh overall I, I like it. It helps me. I prefer weed over, you know, painkillers any day. Fuck that. What uh what what condition do you have? I was born with a rare disease, uh, called big dig itis, and it it's been a fucking plague against my just existence from day one. Uh, right out the gate, the nurses were like. We had scissors big enough to cut his foreskin, uh, and it was just a hassle. I was but about really, to, <laughs> I was about to say, like, are you fully hard right now? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm hard all the time, just <laughs> all the time. It's a curse. Uh, <laughs> no, I was born with a spinal muscular atrophy type two. Okay, and uh, well, how does that differ from like a type one? Like, what are the specifics on that? Uh, type ones, they straight up, I think, if I remember right, uh, they just flat out and die. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like hardly ever with someone with type one. They can live. Uh, it's just usually like Stephen Hawking quality of life, but without the big brain in discovering black holes. Uh, and type three, which is the last one, that's usually the. Uh, the other way that it's like Stephen Hawking, where you can live up until your adulthood, and then one day it's like, hey, you're fucked. Oh, wow. Do you do therapy? Um, do you do physical therapy or meds or anything like that? I did for a little while. Um, growing up, there was like a young uh, little kids era where... The the U.S. government cares about you when you're a crippled child, but mm. the moment you turn eighteen, they uh they they stop caring as much. So around my teenage, you know, area of whatever, that's when uh they slowly started implementing like, okay, do you really need that much physical therapy? Uh, and then just ended up being none. Wow. So what do you, uh, when it comes to like health insurance and that, that sort of thing, what, how are you, uh, handling that? Uh, very carefully. It's not that I don't have any, they, they do 
care enough, but not enough to where you're living a good quality life. You you you're alive. You know, mm-hmm. uh, medical bills and stuff are there. They're not as you know damning, but they happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember. I don't know if it was. A, a couple of years ago, but uh, when I first started following you on, on Twitter, uh, you were in the hospital and you were, uh, I don't know if you had just undergone surgery or you were having um, uh, your yeah. lungs pumped or, or something like that, but it sounded like just a, just an insane experience uh, that, that you were, that yeah. you were going through. Uh, yeah. It, what, what was uh, that about? I do. I'm very susceptible to like getting sick at all the time. So, mm. This past year has been great for me, living my best life. Um, I, uh, I, and so like, I, there was a routine almost every year growing up where I was spending at least a minimum of a week in the hospital because of something like pneumonia, bronchitis, or, you know, the flu. All and, p- p- pulmonary uh, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Respiratory system's the thing that will kill me for sure. Wow, wow. And um, and uh, you posted something, uh, I guess, a, a few days ago, just talking about uh, the position you're in when it comes to making money. Where if you start yeah. to make over a certain amount of money, then you lose all your benefits. Like, what's what's that all about? Yeah. yeah. So with. Uh, like I said, the the government cares enough to give you very little to to get by. So when you take the initiative to do what you know everybody says to do and pick yourself up by your bootstraps and work to make your life your own, uh, they also have a way of making sure you can't fully do that. So if I make anything more than two thousand dollars a month, they they're like, oh, well, you can live independently then, right? Because that's all anybody needs is $2,000 a right. month to get by. And that was kind of the, the, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't, it was a mild frustration, I think, uh, when everybody was saying, oh, we want the $2,000 check. We want the $2,000 check for the stimulus shit. And there was like a small percentage of people saying, that's still not enough. And we're mm-hmm. fighting that much for for just that. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. I get like a few hundred a month up in disability, and I'm told that's all you need. They're wow, fine. wow. And and what what sort of stuff do you are you are you doing with um uh, for work? I mean, you know, uh, I know you're, you're doing comedy, but yeah. um, you know how how often you're able to you know get out, especially you know over the past year. Uh, very little, mm-hmm. not. Not so much at all, really. Um, I we lost access to my handicap accessible uh, vehicle that I had for many years, way too long, and that whole, that whole process of getting a van, renovating it. You know, it's not that it's impossible; it's just very time consuming, and uh, it it can be pricey just in terms of finding. The van, because it has to meet specific, you know, rules, regulations, and check marks, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and obviously, just life gets in the way with other siblings and, you know, mm-hmm. wife in general. So, uh, transporta- t- transportation ends up taking a bit of a metaphorical backseat. So, not too much going out, and uh, mostly just doing comedy stuff. I don't mm-hmm. rely on it for uh, for any monetary stuff. Anything that comes from it, it's fun, it's cool, but I, I mainly just do it for the, the love and passion because I grew up the the gay artsy kid. <laughs> <laughs> what did you grow up? What was that? <laughs> I, I grew up the gay artsy kid. The, the gay artsy kid. What is I, that? I, would, I feel like I'm not in that world. Uh, <laughs> what did you, how did you describe my, it? My... Uh, <laughs> My my brothers were were the the athletes of the family. Oh, okay. I was first born, so okay. So like I was like the the weird experimental child. 
that <laughs> got, you know, and it didn't help that my mom was essentially a child at, at the time, too. She was a statistic and got pregnant at like 16, 17. So uh, she didn't know what the fuck she was doing, but she did good. I'm not mm. shitting on her. You know, she did way better than I would have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, with your with your mom, you uh, you've had some. Um, I've, I've seen some amazing clips of conversations that you've had with her that uh, yeah. are pretty fucking dark. Um, they're really honest. <laughs> yeah. They're really honest, and I think it it op- it, it opens a really interesting window into the life that you're that you're living and especially the relationship that you have with each other and in particular i remember one where it was like um i'm, I'm gonna paraphrase where you basically tell her don't tell me that this hurts you yeah. more than it hurts me <laughs> and i was like holy shit man Fuck. Yeah. yeah uh and that's always been the relationship we've had i think that uh in this household in particular we utilized uh that funny comedic just tone uh, to get by mm-hmm. dumb shit you know yeah uh, we we're fucked up over here well no i definitely appreciate the dark comedy last um last week we buried my aunt and um she uh lived out like the last six years of her life with Alzheimer's disease, which is, you know, another just fucking awful, awful disease. And at the, um, at the wake, it was, it was a wake and funeral. So they're, they're Roman Catholic. And there was something, uh, obviously it was sad because we, you know, we didn't want to see her go, but, um, uh, and she was an older woman. So those in attendance, it was a very small crew. And we sort of looked around and it was like, wow, her life was so much of her kids, her nieces and nephews and her, her sisters. Like that's, she was such a, such a small, such a small group. So there was something really lovely about that. Then also something sad where it's like, oh man, you know, if, if you hang around long enough, like your world becomes so much smaller, you know, unless you're like a, you know, a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. And, um, there, uh, there was a priest who uh, came, you know, to do the, uh, the homily, the sermon or whatever. And uh, it was uh, father Johnny. Right. So we were like, Oh, father Johnny's coming up. We're like, Oh, father Johnny, that sounds like a cool, you know, a cool priest. Uh, it turns out father Johnny was father, yeah, Gian- yeah. father Gianni, who was an Indian man from India who had no idea who my aunt was. And like, you know, like came up. So we were expecting like, I don't know. I was thinking of like a rockabilly priest, you know, was going to start. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but it was, it was, uh, he did a nice thing. He, he openly said, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know Patricia. Uh, I didn't know her, but uh, is there anything anyone would like to say, uh, you know, about her? And uh, I got to talk about uh, the way she is, the way she was with, um, with my mother, her sister and, and her other sister, where they would get together and they would literally make each other piss their pants with laughter. Like, and it was like, it was just one thing where the comedy was such an important part of, you know, of, of their life. And I think, um, yeah. I, I think, so, I, I think so, so much in, you know, your, I think you and I, we both kind of live online and live on Twitter and so much of comedy has become a, you know, a, you know, political identity driven, uh, preachy activist sort of thing, as opposed to no, yeah. like comedy is a way of, of dealing with life and embracing life, you know, um, that, that yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. the stuff that you're doing. Like even, you know, even the real dark shit that makes me squirm. Um, it, it's a, it's a nice reminder of what, you know, what comedy can be. So, yeah. I think we, we kind of lost, I don't know, sight of that because anything anymore just feels like it's some form of a political statement. Mm. And that's so weird to me. Like I understand to a degree, I'm not that naive, but there are just some things where not, not everything needs to be so serious all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can just be for the sake of being and laughing. And uh, there's not too much you can do to change anything, in my opinion, as pessimistic as that might sound. I think the only real sense of change that you can actively 
see and and participate in that I feel matters is that you know being able to laugh at shit. Yeah. That's, uh, I can't change my position that I'm in, so I laugh about it. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was on a panel some months back about um, uh, comedy and social justice, and it was one of those it was one of those panels where I. Uh, I, I wasn't happy with my performance on it. And like looking back, I'm like, oh, I had a much right. better answer for, for that question. And, and one of the, you know, one of the questions, I think the opener was, you know, how could um, comedy be used for, to advance social justice? And the answer I wish I had given was, um, you know, if you're trying to affect change in the world, you know, with comedy, the only change that I, that I hope to affect is with, if I'm at a live show and I'm in a room full of people, the change I want to affect is I want to take them from a place where they're not laughing to a place where they are laughing. That's the change that I want to, yeah. that I want to see. And it's sort of like uh, having these lofty goals any higher than that, I think is uh might be a little bit of a stretch, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. You're not gonna, I, I, I feel it sounds harsh, right? But I think more people need to be told you you don't matter as much as you think you do. Your existence isn't as important as you might think it is. And there's nothing wrong with that because I mean that in the grand scale. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knows that. But, you know, having gr growing up this generation, mine, I feel in particular, was, you know, uh, full of you are important, your voice matters, and everything you think and say is so crucial to everything around you. But really, it is and isn't. I, it matters to the people around you in your intimate facility, you know, your family, your friends, your workplace, whatever. But outside that, it doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you're not somebody in a position to make this kind of change, like take it with what you will, like a politician, whatever, uh, you know, that's, I'm a comedian. It's not my job to incite change. I'm here to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think on the same token, you know, sort of, you know, th there's that element of, in the grand scheme of things, you know, your importance is very, very low on the, uh, on the totem pole, right. but also, you, I look around. And I see so many, uh, so many people, um, successful comedians who have spent decades doing something pretty amazing, yeah. which is making people laugh. Yeah. And it seems mm -hmm. like a lot of them get to a point where it's like that's not enough. Like there needs to be, like, they need to garner some more importance. And it's like, well, hold on, you just did yeah. something that's pretty amazing on its own. You know, yeah. why, you know, why jump the shark and try to, you know, become you know, affect, yeah, I don't know, but just a affect a, uh, you know, political change. But then again, I'm, you know, I, I look at, I'm like, Oh fuck, you know, if I was a super successful comedian for like 20 years and a multimillionaire and I'm looking around and I'm like, yo, you know what, maybe I could change shit. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I will stop uh, writing punchlines and start uh, signing my name, <laughs> signing my name to petitions, yeah. you know, putting my name on the, uh, certain, in front of it. I'll start DMing people on Twitter and asking them if they're Jewish. <laughs> Look at that, you, Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, what was that about? Um, I saw you post that. Did, did he start doing that? Was that? A yeah, what a. I, I guess I can't talk too much shit because I don't know the guy. But mm -hmm. uh, just off of everything I saw, you know, very, very much a, a hit to the heart. You know, because uh, admittedly, I'm a sucker for a good Seth Rogen movie. As mm -hmm. dumb and cliche as they might be. I get it. I know what they are. They're not Citizen Kane, but I love Superbad. Pineapple oh, Superbad's great. And great movies. Superbad was it's amazing. so good. Yeah. And so, uh, the the two long didn't read was that he saw, uh, you know, Count Dankula? Yeah. Yeah. He, I, for some reason, brought up the whole Nazi pug. Okay. video and just dm'd him like are you jewish and he does this now with like whenever people are laughing at 
you know, anti-Semitic jokes or whatever. The jokes that are just jokes. And just kind of berates them a little bit. And it's like, that's not funny. You're not, you're not supposed to make that joke. You're not that person, essentially. Wow. Which is wild, considering uh, he made, what was it, that, that food movie? Where oh. everything was a stereotype? Oh, yeah, what... Yeah, what was that? Uh, it, it was the animated movie, right? Sausage Party. I think it was Sausage Party. Yeah, yeah. which I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was not a fan of that. I was, I was like, oh man, I can't believe they. I don't know that that wasn't it wasn't for me. I, I'm I'm more of a of a super right. bad guy. I think um, super bad was great. Well, I, I was once I ate at um, when I lived in L.A. There's a burger franchise called Umami Burger. That's um that's really good. Yeah. It's like high-end hamburgers and um i had the um the misfortune of sitting at a table that was close to a table where seth rogan was eating with friends and uh, i can't do a, a seth rogan impression but it was basically <laughs> like that the whole fucking time and it's like here i am trying to eat like a 20 dollar burger and i just have it sounded like he was doing it sounded like he was doing a Seth Rogan impression like that. Like it's like, oh, That's who's so who's the asshole at the table who's loud doing the Seth Rogan impression? It's like, you know. are, are you looking forward to he just he That's, just started? A, he just started a, um, uh, a, mar a cannabis company, I think, called uh, was it House Plants? I think it's something like that. Are you are you interested in in partaking in that? Trying his stuff out? You know, purely based on my my love for marijuana, I am admittedly like if he if he really leaned into this shit and started making like incorporating his weed from movies as gimmicky as it might be, I'd probably be into it a little bit. But uh, he's doing what everyone else is doing and is operating. Strictly out of California and LA and shit, mm. so like, it, I don't know why. I, I'm that's kind of the other thing I'm glad to see as of lately is that uh, people are deciding to say fuck LA in New York. Like, not that there's anything wrong with them. I understand, you know, grassroots from you know humble beginnings and their their importance, but not everything needs to be operated out of those two locations. Mm -hmm. You know. There's a yeah. whole country. So everybody's moving to Austin now. Right. It, it would be interesting uh, if, like, the first question you had to answer before ordering one of his uh, houseplants was, you know, are you Jewish? You know, it's like, that'd be, that would know, be so good. <laughs> that's the first question. He just <laughs> turns it into Send me a picture of your circumcised dick. <laughs> I, well, I have a circumcised dick and I'm not Jewish. So. Although I think I, yeah, I, I haven't yeah, I haven't exactly. done a I haven't done a twenty three in me, but I I, I definitely I, I have to have uh, some Jewish in my uh, in my past. I gotta I feel it. I feel a kinship. So <laughs> have you even gone as far as to see like the people that hate being circumcised? That hate it? Um Yeah, oh. like it, it ruins them. Well, I know I know there are there are a lot of uh people uh, uh there are a lot of groups that are against circumcision um and mm -hmm. but what was that yeah i remember hearing i don't know if it's true but guys try to grow back their foreskin with like weights and stuff like hanging it off their yeah, dicks that's that's what i was about to bring up was that i don't think i've ever seen anybody so dedicated mm. to wanting to change their body enough because, like, it, it, with people that are trans, they have surgeries. They mm -hmm. can just put on some clothes. And, like, that works for them. But a person who hates being circumcised says, I'm going to take, like, what I could only assume is months and hours to hang weights off the tip of my dick to grow mm -hmm. my foreskin back. And that's wild. That's yeah. such dedication. Yeah. And it's also like, uh, do you have, you know, do you have to stand or is there like a special chair you could sit on like with a hole in it that you sit on and you just hang your, you know, your, your cock through it? 
I have no idea. I feel like this is <laughs> like any day now. Elon Musk will make some fucking SpaceX circumcised bot that will help grow your foreskin bag or some shit. I'm I'm surprised there isn't like some like stem cell research that you know you have guys like you know putting stem cells into their necks into their spines you know and they're supposed to be yeah. doing really good work you can have some dude sticking stem cells you know in in his foreskin and like, that i could get behind that yeah you know That's i got I, I could um, i'm i'm circumcised my my two younger brothers aren't and my mom says they're not circumcised because the doctor did such a bad job with me and i think i'm hoping that's a joke <laughs> I'm hoping she's she's fucking with me uh, on that, but um, yeah, I, I can't. You know, as much as I, I, it it's like something I just don't know. I don't know what life was would be like with, you know, with a hood, you know, on my penis. So it's not yeah. like I I long for it. It's not like I feel like there's a part of me that's missing that I need to get back. You know, I don't I don't have right. like it, like I amputee mean, like what's that called phantom like if you lose a limb it's like you yeah. have phantom leg syndrome or something like that there's no phantom foreskin right um, <laughs> you never just naturally go to peel back your dick and you're like mm. <laughs> right you, you just mime and it you're right I, I you're like know. yeah just mime it <laughs> like, like they they give you like a a, a fake like play doh foreskin to put over oh. to just mimic the you can't feel it it's just for your mental sanity right oh <laughs> guy fieri what what's going on with you and guy fieri man what the fuck <laughs> dude i had no intention right on it escalating to where it's at now mm -hmm. but because of people's reaction i have I am now obligated to fucking probably end Guy Fieri's life because I I didn't know. Like, I had no idea that people were so ride or die for Guy Fieri. And what was the joke? What was I the joke you said, man? What did you do wrong? I, Come again, on. It, Officer, it was very simple. Uh, I I was stoned in the living room. I had an edible, so I was feeling it. And I went out into the living room to just eat dinner. And my mom had on some diners, drive-ins, and dives. And I was thinking to myself, when's the last time you've seen Guy Fieri cook anything? Mm. Like, I can't name a single fucking time where I've actually seen him cook. But yet we love him. He's he's beloved for being a chef that doesn't cook. He gets famous off of other people's cook, like food, and that's I, I don't know. In my brain, I was like, he's he's just a face. You know who else is just a face? Joe Biden. As a joke in my head, I was like, hey, Joe Biden is to politics what Guy Fieri is to cooking. Just not even super deep, very dumb. Not the joke of the year. I know that. But it was enough to, like, make me giggle. So I sent it out into Twitter. And within at least 45 minutes. So many fucking people were like, why? What did you fucking say about Guy Fieri? You <laughs> piece of shit. You fucking low-life scumbag. We will listen. I'll have you know. Eric Clapton's dead child falling out of a window? That was funny when you joked about that. When when you posted Ricky Berwick in blackface, that was funny. We'll let that slide. That's cool. But you joke about Guy Fieri? You're dead to me. Wow. Was there... I, I wonder, is there... Is it sort of like you can love Guy Fieri... And if you love Guy Fieri, you cannot be a Biden supporter. Is it is it one of those things where it's like one or the other? Like because someone might take that at, like like say say I was a, a a voter, I voted for Biden, and I'm also a big fan of Guy Fieri. 
I would say, hey, yeah. here's the here's this young man on Twitter, this young comedian, bringing together two things that I mm-hmm. love. And you know what? I'm going to do some work on that joke and think, hey, you know what? I think it's really good that that Joe Biden is the Guy Fieri of politics. But it seems like there's there's like some really distinct party lines there. You know, you can't cross them. That's yeah, where you, it, that's, it's, yeah. I thought it was even perfect, like on that multi um, <clears throat> layer of sorts where you could read the initial tweet and take it as a negative or a positive. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. I, I've never definitively said in that tweet until people made me uh, that that was a good or a positive. I was going to leave it ominous, but so many people took it as a negative and just out for my throat after it that I was like, you know what? No, fuck, fuck them both. Fuck Guy Fieri. I will fight him. In the street, and next time I see him, I don't give a shit. What do you mean? I, it's so weird because I—it's really meme culture that has conditioned everybody into believing that Guy Fieri is a, a saint for some reason. And now I want to show him as a false prophet that he is. Oh my god, dude! Your your fucking life's purpose now is so it it. I think it's almost beyond evil. You know, because it's sort of like it, it almost it, it almost doesn't make sense. It's, it's like, well, no, did you did, did, did you see um, there was a there was a guy who did a, a set on Conan some years back and the whole set was him uh, basically defending Guy Fieri and talking about what a great guy is because of all this, all the uh, work he does with homeless people and raising money for restaurants. The restaurants have been hit by COVID. Well, this is actually before COVID. So who even, who even knows how much good uh, he's probably doing even more good in the world right now, but you don't care. Crypt daddy. You don't give a fuck. You don't care. Bullshit. Nah. And that was so many people's response too. It was like, uh, Guy Fieri has done amazing charity work. And it's like, so I thought we collectively agreed up until this point that just because a celebrity does charity doesn't make them a good person. It just doesn't. And I provided excellent examples of that because R. Kelly paid for two dead girls' funerals at one point in time. Two? Yeah. They died in the house fire. He paid for both of their funerals. Whoa. Bill Cosby gave millions to black colleges. Mm. Harvey Weinstein, he gave us amazing movies. So, like, our, can, can, I, can, can I? Can I? I just, I just want to make sure I know where I am right now. Yeah, yep. you are comparing the charity work that Guy Fieri does mm-hmm. to the charity work that monsters like R. Kelly. Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby have done. I just want to make, just for the record, I just want to make sure that's what I'm hearing. Right. I understand why you would think that. All I am presenting to you are facts. These things happen. These are facts. These are so facts. So I feel, I I feel that if you were a person that thinks uh, only good people do charity work, you're mistaken. So maybe don't be so naive to think that just because Guy Fieri marries a hundred, you know, or so lesbians because his sister that was a lesbian died makes him a good person. Wait, he did that? I, I mean, know. he just ruined. Yeah, he he got his mar- uh, marriage license to marry a bunch of lesbians, and because his sister uh, passed away and she was lesbian, and people are like, "Oh my God, he's a good person for." Ruining the sanctity of marriage. <laughs> I got, I got, I got to say, man, I think you're, you're, you're not helping your case. You're actually making saying. this. You're just, I know, you, I know you're, I know you're laying down facts, man. But, <laughs> but you're laying down some really nice facts about this guy. With, uh, you know, with does he still have that hair? Does, is his hair still dyed blonde? Do we know? Yeah, he still, he still looks like how people. In Animal Crossing dress to look cool, um, so yeah, he, that's still him. Animal Crossing, what is that? Animal what? Animal Crossing. It's just this really childish Nintendo game that I am obsessed with, okay. and uh, 
it, it's basically just The Sims, but for Nintendo. And uh, in order to dress cool in the game, the way they think cool is, it's like plain t-shirt, glasses, Guy Fieri. So, so in this world, the Guy Fieri outfit is the cool outfit that, that you wear. Oh, it's the coolest shit. Dude, if you're wearing that, you're the bee's knees. Have you been have you been torturing any of the characters dressed like that? Are you able to do that in that in that game? Every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I keep them caged like the animals they are. I don't let them have any freedom. Jesus. My God. Yeah. What what I, would what could Guy Fieri do to win you back? Or do I don't know if he ever had you, but what could he do to win to bring you over to his side? For you to be like, you know what? Maybe he is a little. Maybe he's not so much the Joe Biden of cooking. You know what? What can he do? I mean, he's out there. I think he he might listen to my podcast. I don't know. He definitely does. And if he's hearing this right now and he wants to try and win me over, uh, first thing first, admit that your restaurants are overrated as shit, and they're overpriced. Uh, the quality. Very hit or miss. And I know it's not him cooking. I get that. I'm not, you know. But everyone seems to think paying $20 for trash can nachos is an acceptable thing to do. And I don't think that it is. So Okay, so that's the first one. Okay, so so uh, Mr. Fieri, um, you have, you've heard one of Donovan's demands. Um, I'm sure if you could admit that we could bring peace to the world and, you know, you two guys could maybe get, a, maybe get along. I think if you could do it in blackface, that'd make it better. God damn it. I don't, I don't think he's going to do it in blackface, man. I don't, uh. he would win me over if he did that because, you know, I, I, I it, you know what it is. I don't like there, there are very few people in this world in my lifetime that I think deserve the the love and praise that they get for being just good human beings. Mm -hmm. And Guy Fieri hasn't done anything on the level that those people have done. Like, Mr. Rogers, he's a saint. He is. He's an angel. He's okay by me. Steve Irwin, also another good man. They never and made any uh, trash can nachos, though. They, they, no, where no, the trash can didn't. nachos though, man? They did. You know the trash can nachos that Mister Rogers made was the the beautiful messages of peace and understanding of yourself in preaching individuality and understanding. Those so he were his trash can nachos. So inside every child is a special trash can nacho. Exactly. Oh my god. Dude, I uh, you brought up a, a, a Ricky Ricky Berwick, and I think uh, I think the first time yes. that I think the first time I came across Ricky, uh, and I think it was both of your work actually. It was I mean, it's a while back, and it was at a time when one of the guys from Vox was complaining about uh, oh. comedy or or Maza, his Carlos Maza, I think his name was, and talking yeah. about punching yeah. up versus punching down and you two guys came out and basically called him a pussy. And, um, and yeah. I, and I thought that was interesting too. Could, could we go back to that time and, and talk? Yeah, about please. That? I'd yeah. love that time. That was a good time. It was a good time, man. You know, um, people, were, people weren't getting kicked it off. Was. Of I, I think that that's the thing. So many people have this. And I guess it, might sound a little hypocritical of me too, because my whole message is like, you you can't control comedy. I mean, there isn't a. You, you can try and say that there's rules, you know, and I guess there are like certain unspoken things, like if you have to explain a joke, probably not funny. But even then, if you laugh at it, who am I to tell you it's not a joke, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but. Apparently the, the mean, other one is you can't make fun of Guy Fieri. That's the new, that's the yeah, new one. Yeah, you know? that's the other unspoken. So, fuck. <laughs> uh, but that era was so crucial because it was 
somebody who is deemed controversial telling a joke. And that's where the issue ends up being. It's like, uh, what's his name? Steven Crowder. You know, he's, uh, he was the one that set that off by making jokes about Carlos. And Carlos, in return, says, hey, I don't like that. Uh, let's deplatform him. Mm. And and I get it to an extent. Like, you don't like the joke. Totally fair and fine. But at the end of the day, it's a joke. You know, and you can get over it, in my opinion. You know, I, I get that people have these supposed mass followings that were like, dedicated diehards that will track you down, but I don't think it's that... I think it's that intense. People mm. have such a, tor- a short attention span for shit that unless you're intentionally poking the bear, they'll, they'll give up. They'll stop. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's... Uh, I think that, that I, I just... I just don't think I'll ever get used to is is the idea if I if I don't like something or if I have a big problem with it, attempting to get it, you know, taken down or you know deplatformed or yeah. to call it there. And I think I think Carlos, I think he, at the time he was making these claims that uh, that I don't know was he claiming that 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 he was being threatened, like like that these were were actionable threats and they always do. That's weird. They they always do. It's so weird. I I mean, there might be the offhand people of like, there, there's always going to be those people. I feel this is the internet. And if you've been on the internet for any collective amount of time, uh, yeah. you know that there's just dumb jackasses that say outlandish shit for the sake of saying outlandish shit. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have a guy that's been emailing me almost. It was daily for a really long time, just telling me that I should die and that he couldn't mm. wait for my disease to kill me and that I was a burden to everyone in my family and all this really fucking crazy shit. And it was the funniest thing. Like, I would laugh hysterically at every email because what have I done to right. garner this much of your, you know, attention and and headspace that's funny to me and i never feel like threatened by it it's just kind of like you're not uh if if you actually hate me and want to kill me then fucking do it you won't you know Mm. you're just saying shit and that's what i don't know carlos seemed to need to implement because it's not that serious With the with the emails you get, um, do you get a lot of like hate yeah. mail like that? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say in my emails in particular. Every now and again, a joke will garner some some blowback, but uh, I feel like it's in it's it's very crucial for comedians now more than ever to not back down on mm. that, you know, and understand that. If you had no ill intent and it really wasn't meant with Malice. harm, then don't don't apologize. Yeah, it's it's wild the uh, the lengths that some people will go. And, and like you were talking about, you know, just you know, you're obviously in this guy's mind. You know, I guess what's the term? Living rent free yeah. in this guy's mind. Remember a, a few years ago, my uh, my company's email. Well, some, uh, somebody sent an email to my to my company saying that he had gone to high school with me and he was very disappointed with a video that I had made and put out there, a comedy video. And he said, I've only watched one of your comedy videos from but from what I can tell from this one video, you believe this, this, this and this. You're part of the problem. You should be more yeah. like this other this other creator yeah and i was just thinking wait a minute this i'm like this is so weird in that for one i don't remember going to high school with this guy you know but the idea of if i went to high school with you there are so many other ways to track you down and to get in touch with you i'm on facebook i'm on twitter i am i'm my my you know i'm not anonymous anywhere and instead of right. Hitting me up directly, this guy decided to go to my 
like my bosses in effect, you know? And it's like, and what, what if, you know, at the time I worked for the type of bosses who were like, oh man, if, if one person is having such a big problem with you, I don't know if we could, you know, if we could handle the heat, if more people would find out about this, you know? So I don't even know that, that, that mentality. In that you know? situation. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you want, do you want to talk about that yeah. or, or, uh, I, it's, it's I okay mean, if you don't, you know, we the, I, I, I basically, I just lost a sponsor, uh, oh, really? a really big one. It was my first really big one. This was a few, about a year ago now, I think. Mm. Um, it was a big deal for me because I think any independent, you know, content creator of any sorts, like when you get your first real like sponsor deal, that that's a, a sign of like a step in the right direction. You feel like, Oh fuck! I'm doing something right. Like this is cool, and and it's um, and it's also a sign too for other people, for other potential sponsors to be like, oh, yeah. this is a serious, this is a serious person, you know, who's moving up. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And so that was a big deal for me at the time, and that pushed into shove, and you know, I was starting to do things, and they were like, all right, uh, let's get, let's let's see you do a Twitter video and ad, and I did. Um, and I need you to understand that even before going into this, I was very skeptical because I know me and my humor and right. my style of comedy. So I very anal at the beginning before contracts, before anything was like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you for, and you, you really want that? Okay. Just double checking, triple checking. And I finally make the video, and initially the people were like, "This is hilarious! This is great!" And then the very next day, uh, "Hey man, we're gonna have to end the contract with you." Wow! Wow! The next <laughs> because day. We're, we're getting some we're getting some emails over here, and their head boss is not too happy. Well, what what the fuck did they think was gonna happen? Like. Like all your shit is there. Like just scroll, yep. just scroll down your, yep. you know, your, your, your Twitter account. What the fuck? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, at first it was pretty harsh because I didn't know we, we had exchanged like things and they provided me with stuff that mm. I was going to need. And so I was relying on that and it was a whole big, like, they wanted me to get back the stuff, and it was oof. oh, like equipment, a, a bit messy at first. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Uh, but lo and behold, who would have thought that taking away stuff that you gave the guy in the wheelchair probably wouldn't look good? Mm. Yeah. Well, has there been any? Um, has there been any pushback or you know any blowback? I guess it would be. Nope. Nope, they they let me end up keeping everything, and so I uh, we just went our separate ways. That's that. Wow, wow. Well, well, you you talk about. I got to read one of the emails. You you got to read it on like online, like in public. Uh, yeah, they they sent me like a little clip of uh, one of the emails that they oh, were okay. getting about me, and uh, it just. It read like it was a middle-aged white woman complaining about how offensive somebody. It was almost exactly what you said that that email said about you. Like, oh, this is what this means, and this is mm. where obviously he's coming from. And it wasn't any of that. Well, see, <laughs> it would be amazing if it's the same guy who emails you every day that he wants you to die. That that would be pretty incredible. Yeah, where, he's right. like, where he's like, look, I uh, first uh, caught wind of your work. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. looking, I, I don't even know what the what the company was. You know, this Etsy shop that was uh, so that was sponsoring you. Um, do you um, has your has your disability given you cover? Because it seems like, like I follow you, and it seems like I would think some people would be um, a little, you know, hesitant to come after you. Um, but a lot of people don't seem to give a fuck. Like it's like, oh no. No, dude, I, and it like, I feel like that's a prime example of how far we we actually have come with progression. That 
even the the minority in a wheelchair is still able to get canceled. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. We mm-hmm. made it. This is Joe Biden's America. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it's it's it it's oddly like a really nice sign for the future, possibly yeah. where it's sort of like this fucking guy in the wheelchair, him being an asshole supersedes mm-hmm. everything uh everything yeah. else his times in the hospital his his fucking bouts with the government his, uh his his bouts with with sponsors with people issuing death threats no fuck that yep. yeah he's he made a joke about guy fieri fucking <laughs> fuck him kill him, fuck him. <laughs> oh my god it, it's 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 oddly a very positive note um, to uh, you know, to potentially uh, end our our conversation on. Well, well one thing I want to to ask you though, you know, sort of moving yeah. forward. So, so one of the things uh, you have a GoFundMe uh, that you put together for a van, right? For uh, yes. you know, so you're yeah. so you're able to get around, and and that's legit. That's a legit GoFundMe, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. Uh, I I've uh, put a bit of a halt on just pushing it as hard because I am very bad at self-promotion, even though I, I mm. keep being told by everybody I know, like seriously push that shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's a, uh, it, it was a goal that I thought of in way back when the pandemic was first starting. Um, because I, <laughs> I was like tinfoil hat conspiracy about COVID when it was first starting to be a thing, because I remember seeing videos of, uh, like them overnight building entire hospitals in China. And I was like, that's weird. That's a little sketchy. Right. Uh, so then they were like, Hey, some COVID cases are showing up in Chicago. That's weird. Anyways, let's, Mm. so, and that was when I was going to be starting my, stand-up stuff like i was gonna do some open uh opening stuff for other comedians down there and i canceled and since it been inside and every other source of outlet comedically has been tapped into and i i've seen enough like zoom comedy shows to know that that's not the future of comedy yeah um not not gonna happen um, but I still want to be able to go out there and do things. So I thought uh, how cool it would be to have like a portable stage, essentially. That's a little studio stage to do pop up comedy shows mm-hmm. in places. You know? Yeah. Uh, take it to the road. Yeah. Do you drive? You have your license? Oh heavens no! No. no. Uh. It's it would be predominantly me, my mom, probably my my girlfriend, just doing some shit on the road. Nice, nice. How long have you been with your girl? Yeah, a little over two two years now. Yeah, is it serious? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool because uh, another thing that goes with the disability thing is. If I get married, they cut all my benefits. So get the fuck out it's, of here. It's are you it's serious? So great. Oh yeah, I mean it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Like I get it. Yes, it is real. But like for somebody who doesn't want to get married, it's a fucking blessing. <laughs> it's amazing. And all I have to do is be like, listen, I would love to take this to the next level, but I kind of want to be alive. So <laughs> I can't marry you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now I'm just imagining like some really twisted plot where, um, you know, she gets she marries you, and yeah. you lose your benefits, but you have life insurance. So then you die because you don't have the benefits. The guy who used to email you saying how much he wanted you to die, he's happy, um, and then the wife is yeah. happy because she has some she has some money there. So there's a twisted, twisted yeah. little thing going there. Um, I, I was, and then uh, he ends up hooking up with her. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to bring that up, but if, if there's a way we could bring it all around and it's actually Guy Fieri, yeah. you know, gets, ends up getting in there. Fuck. Yeah. 
then you're going to be fucking haunting Guy Fieri's uh, kitchens for the uh, rest. Yeah. For the rest. Well, I, I, uh, I've been, I think I've been with my wife for eight years. Well, I think it's going to be eight years this year. Um, And we got married. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. We got, we got married, I think like, like two years ago. And we have a, um, we have a bit, we have a boy, a little baby boy. And we have another, we have a new one on the way too. So it's a, it's a, do you, do you ever think about kids? You ever think about any of that stuff? Uh, right now? No. Uh, it's been one of those, like, I'm in no position to be having a, a child right now. I don't know anything about anything. I don't even know how to tie my shoes. You want me to bring life into this world? <laughs> God. Uh, but then the other half of me that's like, well, I mean, have, having a continuation of me out into the world would be kind of cool. And uh, I think what's interesting is the the idea of, like, saving your, your fucking sperm and just putting it in the fridge and being like, yeah, I'll have a baby one day and just, you know, shove it in your, in your vagina and then that's it. You know, maybe that's what I do. Dude, you're very romantic. I had no idea just how <laughs> how romantic this is. It's, it's the like, Latin in me. It's the Mexican. There you go. Yeah. Are, are you your um your dad's Mexican? Is that? Oh yeah. yeah. Very, very Mexican. <laughs> very Mexican. Is he from Extremely. From, extremely. <laughs> like holy shit. Like someone yeah. like Americans are just building walls around him, like personal yeah. walls to just keep his ass uh as we're, yeah, well, he, he makes Speedy Gonzalez look like Fred Rogers. Aye, aye, aye. The mm-hmm. um, uh, one, one thing I would say because you're you're 28. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really I didn't start feeling the um, the the urge to be a dad. I think until more my my early early 30s, and a big part of that was because of my um, my my wife. Um, she like being being with yeah. her she and that was a big you know an important thing for her she wanted to be a mom you know so that that that's important and then one day it just sort of it just sort of clicked and i'm like yo i want to be uh i want to be a dad but with that you know comes all the you know all the worry i mean we're both you know doing comedy and i'm like man i got to support a family doing comedy and now if i fuck up and make fun of guy fieri that might be the end of my yeah. comedy right there. Like, um, yeah. So I gotta, I gotta start learning some, uh, uh, some, some new skills, I think beyond the, uh, beyond the comedy stuff. What, um, where, where can people uh, check out your stuff? Yeah. Um, you can find me at, uh, under any video under the BBC category on Pornhub. Uh, all those guys are me. Uh, <laughs> they just they put on blank face on me throughout my entire body to make me feel a little bit more comfortable, and it does. Um, but also, if you felt inclined for more of my comedy stuff, uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Real Young Crip. It's spelled like a SoundCloud rapper, mm-hmm. so it's the Y U N G and two P's because. Encrypt because I didn't want to be associated with gangs because that's whack. Right? Yeah, you don't want to get canceled, man. The gangs aren't doing that. Uh, no. no. And uh, do you do um do you, do you do any like like Twitch stuff or or any, any stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a podcast with me and my mom uh, on my YouTube channel, and it's on Spotify and blah all the other places except. Apple because they just are so hard to deal with. Oh, so really? I gave up on that. Yeah, I, everybody says it's easy to figure out, but I've been trying for like a year and I yeah. just can't do it. Um, but it's on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Crip in the Cradle. It's okay. me and my mom just bullshit about whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we're there under Crip in the Cradle. Cool. Well, Donovan, man, I uh, really appreciate you talking to me. And um, one of the things that I'm looking forward to once things start opening up is, you know, getting to move around the country some. And um, I hope to make it out to, um, 
your area over over in Chicago, and and maybe who knows, maybe by the time I'm making out there, you got your your van all ready to go. And I'll put a I'll put a link to the the GoFundMe, and um, yeah, and, and you, I think you just got to get over you know your hesitation to do self promotion because you know there are yeah. people who who want there there are people who want to support you. There are people who want to see you perform, and this is something where you know it's going directly towards that. Um, so yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to support the show, please head over to theluperez.locals.com and go ahead and support my sponsors. Black Organic Cold Brew, head over to www.blvckbrew.com and use the promo code LU for free shipping. And if you head over to Paloma Verde, www.palomaverdestore.com and use the promo code LU, you'll get 25% off purchases over $75. And if you sign up for email, you'll get an extra 10% off. All right, later.